What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and every single week we have on Tom Christ on the channel. We talk through everything that's relevant in terms of injuries. We're going to talk through the players that maybe will or won't play tomorrow and just long-term outlooks and what we can gain in terms of just injury information that I do not have. So Tom Christ, doctor of physical therapy, how are we doing on this fine Saturday morning? Another another rainy Saturday in the Northeast here, but otherwise I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. And of course, Tom uh, works over there for the fantasy injury team. You can find all of his articles and his great work that he does over there. I actually kind of skim through it before I write these outlines to figure out who we need to be talking about. And that brings us to the guy we've talked about, I feel like every single week for the past, I don't know, the last four weeks here, uh, Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley, I saw he was like heavily taped up at his recent practice here. He's still coming back from this high ankle sprain. Where do you kind of see him in terms of his progress um, and sort of where he's at at this point? Well, yeah, we, I mean, we've talked about him a lot now, and that is just kind of how it goes sometimes with this high ankle sprain because it's a injury that can be unpredictable in, in its recovery. Um, but Barkley, we'll see if he plays. He's still truly questionable. The practice videos showed him very heavily taped, and the tape is designed to artificially create some stability in the ankle because we know with the high ankle sprain, the problem is the stability of the ankle is disrupted. So the ability to plant and cut on a dime and create power is not working efficiently. So the tape is helping to artificially create some stability and even hold those two bones, the tibia and the fibula, a little closer together to hopefully allow them to naturally heal back together a little bit better. Um, Saquon's an interesting one because if he does play, he's probably not at 100% based off what we've seen and heard from practice. But he's also really good. So a 80% of Saquon is probably better than whoever else you have. But then again, that team is dreadful. So... It's really a, um, <clears throat> from an injury standpoint, I don't think he's 100%, but he still may play. But then there's so many other factors that are going against him that I think fantasy people just need to decide, am I willing to take what will probably be 70 to 80% of a typical Saquon Barkley stat line, or do I have somebody else who can po possibly high score, score higher than that? Yeah, and they have Tyrod Taylor in here. Uh, with Daniel Jones out. I didn't have it on the uh, outline, but what's going on with Dan Daniel Jones? I guess he has like a neck uh, thing going on here. It seems like it's not too, too serious long-term. Uh, sort of curious if you think this is more precautionary holding him out this week and just sort of what his outlook is moving forward. Well, he's got to be able to function, right? So when, when I hear neck injury in an athlete, the first things I'm looking for are fracture or some kind of nerve issue, whether that be a disc or, or a nerve compression or whatever. And we're not hearing any reports of either of those. So he's probably dealing with a lot of stiffness and soreness in that neck. And now if he doesn't have full range of motion of his neck, he can't read the defense. He can't read the field adequately. But also we need to remember that a lot of the muscles that are involved in shoulder motion attach up into the neck. So if if he's got some strains to some of those muscles, then he might not even be able to throw the ball adequately. So it doesn't sound serious from like a fracture nerve standpoint, but clearly it's inhibiting enough that he can't play well this week. 
Uh, long-term, probably not a big deal, though. So uh, one that we'll revisit next week, but he's out for this week. I don't know how much it really matters, but I'm looking at his sleeper headshot, and he's got a lot of neck to work with here. He does, he um, does. So uh, I guess that kind of factors in as well. But regardless, with Saquon, the Saquon uh, part of things is you'll have Tyrod Taylor in there, which is interesting because Tyrod Taylor is actually not awful. He's probably one of the better backups in the league. And he gets a little revenge game versus Buffalo. So it's kind of interesting. To me, Saquon's like a fringe back-end RB2 that you're kind of just hoping he scores a touchdown. Um, but next up, we have kind of a fantasy darling here with Sam Laporta. He has been killing it all year. And then he comes up late in the week, it seems like, with some sort of groin injury. Or no, a calf injury is what I have written down for Sam Laporta. Uh, what have you kind of seen in terms of reports? Like It seems like this sort of came out of nowhere. Yes, the report I just read this morning is he really didn't have any issue until like the end of practice Wednesday. Um, and then obviously Thursday, uh, I forget if it was limited or if he didn't practice at all. But then he did return on Friday and we have some video from practice. It's not a lot. It's half speed, which you can't really make much of that. But he looked fine. I didn't see any abnormalities in his running gait. He was pushing off the calf just fine. Uh, but again, it was all half speed. So the calves obviously are highly involved in athletic function. The way they function is they get they undergo stretch and then they recoil, kind of like a spring. So <clears throat> they need to be, you know, strong and and able to contract at a high velocity for and a high force output for um, running and cutting and jumping and all that. Um, when it's minor and even if, if there's like maybe like a 10% decline in force output, that's not going to affect performance too much. When it's a little more severe, like we saw with Joe Burrow, we saw how miserable of a time he was having running around the pocket and pushing off his calf for throw power. With Laporta, it doesn't sound like it's nearly as bad as Burrow's. So I'm, I have no problem starting him this week. I'm expecting him to play. If that changes, obviously you pull him out of your lineup. But if he plays, you start him and you expect a pretty pretty solid production as well. I mean, tight ends, it's not a huge sample size that we have on fantasyinjuryteam.com, but tight ends see only an 8% dip in their fantasy production when they return from a calf injury. For Laporta, that's not enough to even blink. You still start him, and I think you expect a pretty good day. Yeah, it seems like it's not too, too serious. I see... He uh, picked up a limited on Friday, so it seems like, you know, that's at least progress, and they're probably just sort of being uh, conservative there. But, yeah, he'll still be a top-five tight end for me. I wouldn't be all that concerned. Really, like, the worst-case scenario is we just get, like, a Schefter tweet that's, like, not expected to play or something crazy like that. But it seems like, you know, he's going to play, and he should be just fine. Uh, now, somebody that I believe missed last week, uh, T. Higgins here. Um, I do have Joe Burrow as a picture next to him as well. But in terms of T. Higgins so far, um, it is interesting to me that they do have a bye week next week. It feels it feels a little bit aggressive um, to throw him back in there. I guess what are your thoughts on kind of uh, with the bye week coming up here and if he plays and kind of what uh, his effectiveness might be? It does feel a little aggressive. Now, this is different than the rib injuries to Debo and DK that we've talked about earlier in the year because they did not have fractures. Higgins has a fracture in his rib. It's only one rib, which is better than multiple. But still, fracture is going to take more like four weeks to fully heal. He's He'll be two weeks out by the time of this game. So he'll still be dealing with quite a bit of pain. And we know how whenever there's a fracture in a bone, the muscles in that area will kind of clamp down to protect it. So those muscles 
for the ribs, we're talking about obliques, we're talking about lats, we're talking about pecs, which are big time muscles that we need to run, to change direction, to twist our torso, to reach up and catch a ball. So Higgins did log a full practice. He, he may play, but I would anticipate a reduced snap count to protect him, or at least I would hope that they would have a reduced snap count to protect him because this fracture is only two weeks old. It's still vulnerable. And if he takes the wrong hit, it could get worse. That's where it kind of differs from the Debo and DK comparisons earlier this year. Um, I would recommend holding him out of your lineup this week. I think better things are coming for all of the Bengals. Burrow needs to get through this week unscathed, and then they get the bye, and then things should be rocking and rolling after the bye. Yeah, and we also have, I mean, I don't know if, I don't know how much of it's coaching or whatever, but we kind of have a, a little bit of a sample of T. Higgins last year, like really killing you if you've played him. I mean, I guess you, you, you kind of are ready for it uh, this week, but we've seen in the past where they'll be like, oh, yeah, he's good to go, good to go, and then 0% of the snaps. Uh, so that's always sort of a, a factor there. I have him at wide receiver 34 this week. So, you know, there's tons of better options. Like I, the guys that have just ahead are like Hopkins, Garrett Wilson, Gabe Davis, Terry McLaurin. So for me, like boom, bust, flex, uh, kind of like a desperation start there. I will say um, I'm a bit scared about this uh, Seahawks front. I mean, they did play the the Giants. So that is a big caveat. But that that primetime game versus the Giants are going to have Jamal Adams in there, Devin Witherspoon, like their offensive or the defensive line with uh, – I think Boya Mafes' name has been really good as well. Um, I'm also curious kind of where you think uh, Joe Burrow is at in terms of like, I, I don't know how much you caught of uh, the game, but he seemed like he was moving very well. I sent you a, a, a clip from practice. Maybe I'll show it um, in post if I get around to it. But he uh, it seems like he's moving better now. You know, he's really uh, sort of progressing here from the calf injury. Yeah, he, he is looking like he's got more balance in that calf. He's able to push off with it more confidently and more powerfully, which is really what the – what it comes down to so he's he's not quite out of the woods yet but he's definitely trending the right direction like i said if he can get through this week then he gets the bye week i think we can really relax on our concern for burrow and the Bengals as a whole after that yeah that's where i'm at as well which is very exciting because a lot of us a lot of people that are holding on to jamar chase and these stacks i mean jamar chase came up huge last week but before that you know um it was looking uh pretty pretty tough now uh, someone that's been sort of disappointing this entire year so far has been Darren Waller. Um, and it kind of ties into the Saquon stuff that we talked about uh, earlier with kind of the, the quarterback situation. And that's its own uh, sort of battle with Darren Waller. But it seems like he came off of one of his better games here. And then he hits the practice report for or the injury report for what feels like, you know, the 10th time over the last like three years of I, I believe that he was dealing with the groin injury in preseason. And then it kind of got a little bit quiet there. Uh, what are you seeing with Darren Waller and just kind of how this groin injury ties into the preseason stuff and just kind of uh, his history over the last like two years or so here? Well, we know the two biggest risk factors for injury are prior injury, which he's got a, a long one, particularly soft tissue, lower body injuries and age. And he's 31. So both of those are against him. So he'll probably be one that we're seeing on the injury report a lot throughout the year. Does that always mean he's going to miss games? No, but it means that there's something there. So he says that he expects to play. Um, groin injuries, obviously, it's a big, strong, lower extremity muscle. It's involved really mostly in single leg stuff, which running and cutting is. But it's on the inside of the hip, meaning that when we cut, we usually, if say we're cutting left, we push off the right leg. So that's 
predominantly the outside of the hip muscles that are doing a lot of the work. So the groin is, uh, it's still very involved in everything athletic, but it's not as big of a deterrent to athletic performance as some other muscle groups are. Now that said, we do see a drop of about 19% fantasy production for tight ends, which is not nothing. Um, but still, I, I think you drafted Waller to be your starting tight end. There isn't anybody good on waivers. You got to roll with him still. Um, just maybe a, it's, it may not be 100% Waller, but it's still better than whoever's on waivers. Yeah, I agree. I have him as like a back end tight end. I will say I kind of I think I might move him down, though. I had him at tight end seven. Um, I'm kind of curious, like what what you would think, like if you have Waller between like, let's say like a Logan Thomas, like Logan Thomas has been decent. Logan Thomas is healthy, presumably. Um, is that still Waller for you? Or at that point, are you like, OK, I don't mind sitting Waller in that spot? Not to put you on the spot here or anything. I would probably still roll with Waller just because we know what Thomas's upside is. It's. 50 60 yards and a touchdown Waller's upside is a little bit more than that yeah and that that makes a ton of sense on a position that's you know boomer bust but I think that's about the range where I'll have him you know like probably just ahead of that Logan Thomas uh tier of tight ends now uh we also have Tank Dell and I usually I've been sort of shying away from putting concussions on here because it's pretty clear you know the protocol is kind of tough to you know you, you don't really we're not in those rooms giving them tests or anything um, but Tank Dell is an interesting one because it seems like he got on a limited practice on Friday. I'm curious, uh, like, kind of what's your read on that of, like, if that matters? I feel like maybe we saw somebody do that recently and then still not uh, suit up on Sunday. So uh, where is he at on kind of his uh, recovery from the concussion? So we got to remember that practice participation is part of the five-stage protocol. And it starts stage four is non-contact practice so they're doing everything except for the contact portion so i'll bet that's where he was he was probably running routes catching balls but just not hitting and then from there the team needs to monitor does he develop symptoms um and if he does then he has not cleared that stage of the protocol and he does not advance to stage five which is full contact if he if he does get through that no symptoms then we may see him get cleared so uh i believe that we will get clarity on that today um because they usually look for symptoms over the next 24 hours or so um but uh, this is just another reminder that like that is literally practice is literally part of the protocol so that doesn't mean that he's cleared it yet it means they are monitoring how he does with not only in cardiovascular stressing his cardiovascular system his muscular system but also cognitively by making him like think about routes and, and things like that. So they're really putting all the possible stresses other than physical contact together and seeing how the player responds. And if he plays this week, not really a, a big drop off or anything, right? He should just sort of Correct. pick up. Uh, I mean, I guess sort of where he left off. Yeah, he's had like sort of two down games since uh, sort of popping off versus Jacksonville. But Tank Dell, I, I believe if he plays, he'll be in the you know flex conversation for anybody out there that has him. Um, we also have a pair of tight ends, which has been kind of weird this week where it's like, I've been monitoring the entire week of like Don Kincaid and his progress in the concussion protocol. And then it, it was like, okay, if Kincaid is, can't go, then like Dawson Knox is a, a smash start here. And now Dawson Knox is showing up with a wrist injury that I still, do, I don't have like much clarity on that wrist injury, um, at all. I'm curious kind of if you've been tracking the, the Buffalo tight ends and kind of, uh, what's your read on either of them? 
Well, they're being very vague on both. Knox's wrist injury, um, it's it comes down to does he play or does he not? If he plays, I wouldn't expect this to impact his fantasy stat line. We talk all the time about how, how upper extremity injuries are much less detrimental to fantasy production. If it's a quarterback, a little different. But for every other position, upper extremity injuries not going to impact his ability to run routes, get open, run after the catch. And he's not going to play if he can't catch the ball because of his injury. It's, it's as simple as that. Um, as far as Kincaid goes, really the same analysis as Tank Dell. He, uh, he returned to practice, but again, that's part of the protocol. So for both Knox and Kincaid, if they play, I wouldn't expect a, a dip in their production. If they don't play, you don't start them. If one plays and the other doesn't, then there's actually some value to the one that does play. But if they both play like they have been, neither has been really that productive for fantasy this year. Yeah, and the Bills are projected for their implied total this week, 29.5, second to only Miami this week. So if if one of them can't go, the other is a really great like top 15 play this week. Now, uh, after that, we have some guys that are like sort of already ruled out or like Jeff Wilson's like doubtful at this point, um, which obviously means he's probably not going to play. But I'm kind of curious, like, I remember, like, I was drafting him in the offseason, Jeff Wilson. There was no sign of anything that was wrong. And then he gets slapped on the IR, like, late. And I still am not sure even what I, I've heard ribs, I've heard finger. Um, have, have you read into the Jeff Wilson situation at all in terms of just like what's going on with him? I, it seems like he's not going to play off the IR at this point. Like, what, what's going on with Jeff Wilson? And when can we kind of expect him to be back in the mix? I've read into it as well. And I haven't read much because there hasn't been much <laughs> written. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, sometimes that's how it goes. Unfortunately, they like to uh, leave it a mystery. But the finger, I would not be concerned about. Just talked about how upper extremity injuries not not a big concern. The ribs, um, with him being out this long, I wonder if it was a fracture. And then it would be a similar analysis to Higgins, although Wilson's much further along in that time frame. Um, I've also seen abdominal injury, which which could go hand in hand with the rib injury. Those can be a little bit trickier to uh, to respond to if it's a sports hernia in particular. If it's an oblique injury, not a huge deal. Um, bottom line is we're not really expecting Wilson to play this week, and hopefully they'll give out more information next week that we could talk about. Yep, 100%. It seems like – it seems – I mean, doubtful at this point means like he's really not going to play this week. But seems like next week is – like we're going to do this every week where it's going to be like, you know, Groundhog's Day with Jeff Wilson of if is this going to be the week – um, because they are hurting at running back as well. Now, we have some guys that are already ruled out that I did want to touch on just in terms of I, I imagine people that have these players are concerned about um, what to expect moving forward. Miles Sanders seems to kind of be like breaking down a little bit where I think now it's a shoulder injury. I feel like we talked about him like a, a week or two ago and was something else. Um, Miles Sanders, I will say Chuba Hubbard, it's uh, Miles Sanders already been ruled out. Chuba Hubbard is a great start this week, like top 30 at worst, like back end RB2 type. It's really just that the matchup is pretty brutal here. They're playing the Dolphins. So, I mean, it's not going to get much. I mean, he's going to get some receiving work out of the backfield. But uh, I'm curious kind of what you think of Miles Sanders, the shoulder injury, and kind of what you can expect, uh, you know, like rest of the season in terms of like, can he get sort of back here? They do have a bye uh, in week seven, which is interesting. So uh, where are you at on Miles Sanders? Um, I, I don't see this being a long-term thing unless it was a dislocation, which they haven't told us exactly what's going on with the shoulder. Anything other than a dislocation 
once it heals up, it shouldn't affect him too much. Of course, the re-injury risk is, is there, but the dislocation is what is the bigger concern for running backs with shoulders because, like we saw with Dalvin Cook, it can pop out again anytime, and it hurts really bad. And usually further dislocations creates more injury. But I, I haven't heard that that's what's going on with Sanders. They haven't given us really any insight. But he's out this week, then the bye. If he's back week seven, you can expect him to be pretty close to 100%. Again, upper body injury shouldn't affect his running ability. Yeah, that's where I'm at as well. It seems like it's kind of precautionary, you know, hold him out, get the bye, get healthy for these next, I don't know what, it'd be like three weeks off here. Um, and then it gets Houston. And I will say as much as I'm I'm not a Miles Sanders believer at all, I do think that when he gets back, they paid him so much money that it's it's real tough for Chuba Hubbard to ever have like a, a real takeover. He'd have to he'd have to rush for like a hundred yards here. Um, but it'll probably be a, a way messier split than it was like weeks one through three, where Miles Sanders was the very clear uh bell cow there. Now, uh I do want to skip around a little bit to Deshaun Watson, where this one is this one's very interesting to me, where Deshaun Watson he sits out. Uh, they go into buy, they come out and like, presumably he was supposed to play here. Um, and apparently he has like a scheduled media time with the Browns once a week. And like, he didn't come out and talk this week and he's not going to play, but it seems like, uh, maybe it's not the most, uh, intense shoulder injury, uh, for him to like not be playing here. So I'm kind of curious of what you've kind of read into in terms of what the shoulder, cause it doesn't even seem like it's an AC, uh, joint thing going on here. So, uh, what's going on with Deshaun Watson's shoulder? They're, they've been reporting it as a contusion, which is a bruise. A contusion would have resolved by now. So that is just simply, I, I don't believe it at this point. I believe it's probably a rotator cuff injury, which can go a couple different ways. There's millions of people walking this earth with rotator cuff tears that have no idea because it doesn't affect them at all. So hearing the word rotator cuff injury will probably scare a lot of people. It doesn't have to. Plenty of people can can rehab for a couple of weeks and play through it and play just fine. Um, it's the severe cases that do end up going on for surgery. And a lot of times these football players get through the season playing well and then get surgery for it. I'm not saying that's I'm not saying with 100 percent certainty that's what Watson is dealing with. But a contusion simply would not be bothering him still at this point. I know like yesterday there was reports there was a deep contusion. Still, no, no, it's that's not what's going on. He probably has a rotator cuff injury. We'll, um, he can't go this week. We'll see how he is next week. But um, from a long-term standpoint, like rest of the season, I don't think there's need to be alarmed at this point, although it's getting a little cloudier by the day. I saw some reports today that he may miss several weeks, which, again, that tells me it's definitely not a contusion. Um so we'll kind of see how he how he goes over the next few games. It's not out of the question that he can return in a few weeks and play well. Um, but a lot of times what happens, if it is a rotator cuff injury, they trial rehab first for a few weeks. If it's going well, great. If it's not, okay, we need surgery. So based off of what we're hearing and the timelines and everything, that's really what it sounds like. It sounds like it's a rotator cuff tear that they're trying to rehab to see if he can play through it. And it's really just to see what happens kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's pretty concerning. I, I, the the official report here um, is right rotator cuff contusion, which sounds uh, not super, uh, you know, scientific, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's on his throwing shoulder as well. So that is scary. It almost reminds me of the um, 
the Baker one where Baker had that a few years ago and it like completely, he just wasn't himself, you know, where like the, the two years prior, I mean, we kind of know Baker, the Bucks, he's kind of revived things with the Bucks this year, but um, he had like 28 passing touchdowns his rookie year and then just like completely hit a wall uh, when he had that shoulder injury. Uh, but somebody else that's also ruled out this week already, Jameer Gibbs with the hamstring. Um, it seemed like, so I believe he missed last week as well. Um, yeah, so he missed last week. This week was up in the air if he was going to play. We talked about him last week, but I'm kind of curious sort of where you're sort of estimating he's at at this point. Was this maybe being conservative to get him good to go for next week? Um, I see he didn't participate at all in practice. Uh, where do you kind of think he's at um, and how this might affect him moving forward? Well, with him not participating in practice at all, that tells me that he was never close this week. So I don't think it's really them being conservative. I think it's he's not close to ready. Uh, this is a hamstring. We know how those go. They very commonly get re-exacerbated, but he's very young. He's 21 years old, so healing should be quicker. Healing should be more efficient and get him closer to 100% than it would somebody older. Um, typically, we actually don't see much of a drop in fantasy production and running backs after a hamstring injury, but Gibbs, if we think about him as an athlete, He's a speed guy, and he's a pass catcher. Hamstrings impact top-end speed, and they impact wide receivers quite a bit. And they, they use Gibbs, I mean, he's out of the backfield, but in that pass-catching role that that can you can sort of make that comparison to the receiver for. So relative to other running backs, um, let's say, I don't know, I'm just making this up off the top of my head, but let's say his teammate David Montgomery, who's more of a between-the-tackles power guy, I would expect Gibbs to be more affected than someone like Montgomery from a hamstring injury just because of their playing styles. So he missed last week. He's not playing this week. Running backs average missing 2.2 games with a hamstring injury. And I would expect some decline in his production when he does return because of that. The, what we just talked about is his playing style. Um, and he hasn't been a rock star fantasy player yet. I do think it's coming, but it hasn't been there yet. So, whether it's next week or the week after when he returns, I think we need to really consider, do we just throw him right back in our lineup or do we see if there's anybody else who may be a better fit for that week? Yeah. It kind of sadly seems like it's, it's a wait and see, you know, you see if he plays next week, he gets a buy in week nine. Like it, it, you might not feel comfortable playing him until week 10 versus Chargers. So it is something where if you have Gibbs, you kind of have to figure something out until we get, you know, fully back in the mix I, I will say it's a great point you made that he kind of is deployed like a wide receiver I was just uh kind of just was curious myself but uh he's lining up in the slot 15.9 percent of the time which is like seventh most in the league and he's lining up out wide 17.4 percent of the time third most among running backs so he's you know like 25 percent of his routes are actually um around the formation as a wide receiver so he's kind of getting used in that way as well speed back so hamstring um is a bit concerning for Gibbs moving forward now, we had four players. I mean, we had a brutal week for injuries here. We had four players get put IR long-term injuries here. I kind of just wanted to touch on them for anybody out there that either has these players, maybe has a backup behind them, and just kind of what to expect moving forward. Um, so first, we have Justin Jefferson. Uh, it sucks. You know, the 101 goes down. He gets a hamstring injury. Uh, I'm kind of curious the parallels between his and, like, you know, the cups of the world where I, I know we've touched on cup with the – there was, like, a nerve issue – um, what does it kind of sound like the, the severity of Justin Jefferson? They are one in four, you know, maybe it was uh conservative kind of, what did you see there? Well, it's severe enough that they really didn't even hesitate to put him on the yeah. IR. So it's not like they're like, Oh, maybe he'll miss this game and be back. 
they're like, oh, okay, we know he's going to miss multiple games. So that tells us it's it's pretty pretty severe. Um, and we know how these go with the re-injury rates. Uh, but the good news is he's only 24. Healing should still be very, very efficient. And he's so freaking talented that y- you you can expect him to still play well second half of the season. Now, I'm interested, do the Vikings lose four games in a row? And put them that what, one and eight. And then they're like, okay, there's no reason for us to risk our best asset putting him out there too fast. I do think he will play again this season because it's not, it's, it's similar to Cooper cup of last year where he, if the Rams were playing for anything, he probably could have returned for the playoffs from his uh, high ankle sprain, but it's earlier in the season. So Jefferson should be cleared and ready by week 10, 11, 12 ish. In which case, as long as they deem him ready enough that a re-injury risk is less prominent, they still want to see him play. You know, like he he himself sells tickets, I'm sure. Um, and and he's gonna if he plays, he's gonna play well. We see about a dip of 11% fantasy points in the first game back for receivers for JJ. That ain't that's nothing. Um, my my recommendation here is everybody looks at their current standings. If you are, if you have two wins or less and you have Justin Jefferson on your roster, you have to trade him. You have to, because four or five weeks from now, you're going to be out of the playoffs contention. You have to trade him and get whatever you can. You're going to lose the trade, but that's okay. Cause you're not getting anything from him in the next four weeks. You need somebody that you can get something from. On the other hand, if you're five and oh, four and one, you need to go trade for him to make that playoff run. Yeah, I 100% agree where he's somebody, you know, as I say on the channel, like if you're down bad and you're losing games, like Justin Jefferson, yeah, he's someone you definitely got to move off of. But I will say uh, there's some people out there that are scared that they'll shut him down the rest of the season. Um, I, I sort of side with you where I think they'll be more cautious because there's no rush if they're not in contention. But this is Justin Jefferson. He's also playing for a contract he's kind of been negotiating with this entire time. Like he has things to prove and he is a competitor. So I do think, uh, he does play uh, eventually here. Now, sadly, we have, I mean, someone who's been an absolute superstar, uh, Devin Achan, has been amazing. I can't even really tell you what the knee injury is, but I have him listed as a knee injury. Um, he gets put on IR here. Uh, I'm curious kind of what you see uh, in terms of the knee and kind of what to expect from him moving forward. Yeah, and again, sometimes these teams just don't give us information. And again, this is the Dolphins, same yep. team that Jeff Wilson's on. So apparently they are an organization that doesn't like to give us a whole lot of detail. Um, they're actually pretty vague with Jalen Waddle's injury in the preseason as well. Um, so not really able to break it down too much because there's a lot of different types of knee injuries that can have different outlooks. But in the end, a knee injury that has him out for at least four weeks, it's probably some type of sprain or meniscus. I don't know. I don't want to speculate too much. But it's not an ACL or a PCL. We know that because he's not getting surgery. So that's good. Um, and that provides an outlook to where it's it's reasonable that when he does return, he can play well again. So same deal as Jefferson. If your team stinks and you have HN, you got to trade him. If your team's good, you got to trade for him. Yep. He was actually on my uh, trade targets video this week where if you can, I mean, you'd be you'd be shocked at how, how cheap you can buy HN for from somebody who's, you know, really struggling. So if you are like four and one or better, he's somebody to definitely kick the tires on. 
Uh, somebody I'm not kicking the tires on, uh, James Conner. He's not, you know, in that same echelon of like Jefferson, A-Chan. I mean, I don't know, maybe if you want to go dumpster diving a bit, but uh, James Conner was a weird one. I don't know if you saw the video, but he like, I think he got like tackled in midair and like really fell uh, in a weird way. Uh, do we have any more clarity? I have him listed uh, as a knee here uh, as well. Pretty much the same assessment as A-Chan. They're not giving us a whole lot of information other than they knew pretty quickly that he needed to be placed on the IR. So it's severe enough that they knew he was going to miss several games, but no word of him getting surgery. So it's not like a devastating injury. So again, end of season should be able to return and play well. He's been okay. His team is awful. Um, I, I do think there's still value there, but he's, he's not one that's going to really draw much trade value. He's not one that you really need to seek out. So he's just someone that if you have him, put him on your IR and wait, wait a month and then maybe he can be useful again. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's worth at least waiting to see uh, what's going on there after the buy. Um, but after James Conner, we also have Andy Richardson, which sucks. We, we talk about him so often here. Like he has, he's only played one full game so far. It's really, it's honestly like it, it hurts my soul. Um, Cause he's such a, he's such a great player. He's so fun to watch. He's looked so special so far. Um, and you could see like the video, there's like the video of him walking to the locker room of like him, like really hanging that shoulder. Um, and I know we've talked about AC joint stuff on this channel a ton, but I'm curious, this one seems very severe. So I'm sort of curious what, uh, what that looks like. So with an AC joint, there's actually six different grades of severity. And I'm not going to go in depth on all of them, but here's what fans need to know. Grades one through two, one and two, unanimously, you do conservative rehab. You, you treat it and like physical therapy, maybe some injections, and you're good to go. Grades four through six, pretty unanimously, need surgery. Grades three, which is what Richardson's is, it's a it, it's it's case by case. Some respond great to rehab. Some need surgery, but pretty much always they're going to do rehab first, and then after a couple of weeks, if they're not getting the results they look for, then it's like, well, I guess you're one that needs surgery. And that's exactly what the reporting has been. It's been grade three, going to try rehab, getting a second opinion to determine if you need surgery. After you got that opinion, it's still we're going to try rehab, but surgery is not out of the question at this point. If he does respond well to rehab, he can definitely return this year. I would ex it's hard to give an exact time frame, um, but after that four-week IR stint, it's maybe he could come right back. Maybe it'll be a couple more weeks. And um, I would expect him to be able to play pretty well, maybe some dip in his passing production in the first game or two, but those legs are going to be just fine. If he ends up needing surgery, that's a season-ender, uh, but he should be able to come back next year playing really, really well. Uh, this guy just needs to learn how to protect himself. He's got all the talent. He's got all the tools. Got to learn how to protect himself, though. Yeah, it's scary. Um, I hope, you know, like I, like I said, I hope that he does, you know, figure it out or whatever. Um, but, yeah, that's actually – because I wasn't aware of that, but that's actually great clarity that, you know, they're going to try out that, – that is an interesting thing that it does sort of uh, – it puts wide bands on his recovery timeline of, like, you know, he it could really – does. You know, he could return from, you know – would you think would it be wild for him to come back like after four to six weeks if he responds well to to the therapy or um it's not out of the question i mean Derek carr ac joint not grade three not as bad and he looked pretty good the other day um richardson's is obviously more severe but he's going to have more time than carr had so it's not out of the question for him to return in four to six weeks it's 
just there's a lot of uh, hurdles that he needs to, to clear before getting there. 100%. And I, I imagine they won't be in a, a huge rush because they, unlike my Jets, actually invested in a backup quarterback, uh, Gardner Minshew, who's, you know, arguably looks like a top 20 guy in the NFL, Gardner Minshew. So they're going to be in a good spot. Sykin uh, has been really impressive so far, but that is every player I had listed. Um, do you have any anybody else that like you feel like we should have touched on? Uh, Mike Evans is another one coming back from a hamstring injury. Um, it was always perceived as mild. They reported as mild, and then um, we never got any reports otherwise. He's a guy who's dealt with a lot of mild soft tissue injuries in his career, and it really hasn't held him back much. The uh, potential difference is he's 30 now, and hamstrings impact deep threats the most, which he loves to get down the field. But still, I think he's good enough that even if he does see a little hit on your, his production, he's not going to kill your fantasy team. Um, so you could probably pretty reasonably still start Mike Evans despite this injury. Yeah, and I actually like Mike Evans a ton in this game. It's going to be uh, at home versus Detroit. We could see a little bit of a shootout between Baker Mayfield and Goff. We'll see. Um, but as always, Tom, I do really appreciate your time. You're literally at your workplace now uh, recording here. So that's true, true dedication. So I do really appreciate your time, Tom. And anything you have to plug to the people, uh, let them know where they can find you. Yeah, Twitter or X at Fantasy Injury T. That's me. My team, the Fantasy Injury Team, is at Injury underscore Fantasy. We're on YouTube, Fantasy Injury Team, podcast on all platforms, Fantasy Injury Team, and Instagram, Fantasy Injury Team. Perfect. And I'll make sure I have all those links down below. You guys can go check out Tom and his work. As always, appreciate when that comes out here and watches these videos. Hope that you guys learn as much as I do. As always, leave a like, subscribe, and I will see you guys in the next one. Stones, uh, like this froze, uh, ice cold, uh, oh, oh.